Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Chris Welsh, your host. Yes, it's just me. And I have got both of the duo that you guys are here for, Brandon Funson and Jake Seeley. Jake Seeley out with the stretching of the finger for the Mutumbos. No, no, no. Are the Mutumbos out in full force right now, Jake? I, I try to wait till the season starts. I, I almost had one, but I, because I see you've already got a theme for the very first question of the show is, why are you so low? And blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see a lot of those. I was uh, perusing the Twitter and noticing, Jake, you were slowly getting into in-season form. Some might say <laughs> the best shape of your life as far as the Mutumbos go. Because you are ready and raring as people were already doing the, why are you so low? But what about this? But Jake, what about that? That's how you really take them at this spot. Yeah. Have you ever considered moving (laughs) Juju Smith-Schuster ahead of DK Metcalf? You really should just start answering like that. You, You should be like, wow, you know what? I never, as an analyst on The Athletic who gets paid for this, I never actually considered that Juju is the number one option in Kansas City might be a thing. That's my favorite thing. I really think we could do a show inside your ranks articles just going through the comments. We could just have a comment thread show, which would be great. Uh, Brandon, I'm taking that down. It might that might take a nasty turn. Yes, <laughs> make a little. Yeah, we don't want to turn on the audience, I suppose, too much. Uh, uh, going, Brandon, what's uh, going on, my friend? Uh, just uh, you know, I, I've spent the last uh, last twenty four hours getting ready for this exercise. Not really. I've spent like the last hour getting ready for this exercise. So uh, that we're gonna do here, but uh, looking at. Reminding myself what was going on in June and where people were drafting people and uh, where things have changed in the last couple of weeks. That's right. And what we're going to be doing in this episode, we kind of teased it in the last episode. Jake had a really great alteration to it, and we're going to do that with it, was I had come up with the idea of making the all they used to have value team. The guys that were going in certain rounds and whatnot that were, you know, that we were all talking about. We're like, hey, listen, Damian Pierce is a great value at da da da. Well, now, as this is the final weekend coming up of drafts, or maybe you guys are drafting on Labor Day, we're going to count Labor Day in that, that these guys no longer have the value. And Jake came up with the idea, what if we give you the pivot? What if we give you the player where you loved that player where he was going? Now we're going to come over here and we're going to give you the pivot. And that is exactly what we're going to do here. 
uh, in just a couple minutes when we get into this bad boy. There is some news and notes, and as Jake said right off the top, this is poking a little bit because uh, an incredible part of the story with Brian Robinson, Brian Robinson was already back with the team. Now, he's on crutches, but in good spirits, already back, I think, in the uh, in the film room. Really an incredible thing to see overall. But what it did was it brought up all of the questions, Jake. By far the number one question, at least that I saw from you, Jake, why are you so low on <laughs> Brian Robinson? Why do you not know? Why can you not travel back and forward into time and tell us all of the doctoral things that is going to happen with Brian Robinson? Don't you know what's going to happen when he was shot <laughs> twice? Well, and on top of that, he's on the NFI, so he's officially out for the first four weeks. So does that mean he's ready in week five or does it mean he's not going to play this season or do Nobody knows. Uh, even doctors speculate and don't know because the biggest thing with this, uh, again, speaking from the doctors I've talked to, again, I have some questions I've asked, is that when it comes to a bullet wound is it has to be 100% healed before you can have physical contact, especially with like sports, because it's not like a normal muscle injury where you work your way back and you can get out there at 80% and 90%. This is like, unless the tissue is completely healed, hitting, getting hit in that spot. It's like almost all or nothing. Some game It's like, you could just rip it right back open and it's, you gotta be a hundred percent again, according to people I've talked to. There's it this, but this is what it is. It's like there's no timeline where uh, Raekwon Smith in college or Raekwon was it Smith or Raekwon something anyway in college came back in one week, and then we know Plaxico Burris even before getting the suspension he was out indefinitely. So there's it's just all yeah. over the map. I think you're looking at what we talked about already is Antonio Gibson. I have him back as an RB2. I had him as an RB3 before this. I was still taking Gibson in front of Robinson because of the ceiling and then the fact is he fi fixed his fumbling issues, uh, but. Maybe he seeds a few more to Williams who they picked up, but I, I think Gibson's back into the RB2 conversation and I wouldn't try to play the guessing game with Brian Robinson, but at least if you have IR spots, you can draft Robinson and stash him there. Brandon, there is a, a, a supposed guessing game you could have with it. Would you be open to treating Brian Robinson like Kenneth Walker? Kenneth Walker is a guy that we don't really have a timetable on right now with the injury. There's some of these rookie running backs. Um, we were talking about Brees Hall in the last episode, but some of these rookie running backs, you know, we can assume are not going to have a lot of production early on. So sometimes you're taking these guys and you're banking them for the second half of the year. That is how you'd have to treat Brian Robinson if he's indefinitely out for four weeks for sure. But maybe, you know, in the healing process, he's able to come back and maybe the timeline is similar. Would you treat and rank him in the same way you would Kenneth Walker or are you kind of hands off on this situation with Brian Robbins? No, I don't think I have him equal because I think when Kenneth Walker comes back, Ken Walker, um, Seattle's going to be all about this being a straight split and be open to the idea of Ken Walker being the number one guy. And I think that was the way things were trending in Washington. But Antonio Gibson has a great opportunity to kind of restore his number one status and allow Washington to take their time with Brian Robinson. I mean, they're going to open with the Jaguars, the Lions and the Eagles. Those were, you know, the Jaguars and the Lions, you don't need to explain. The Eagles weren't a great run defense last year either. They might be a lot better, but Antonio Gibson could go a long way towards kind of like just cementing himself back and maybe restoring that faith. And the, the commanders just saying, okay, we don't need to bring Brian Robinson back. Really. We're doing just fine right now. And I think Seattle will be motivated from the jump to get Ken Walker out there as soon as he's ready to go. What is like, if you had to guesstimate, I'm going to ask you both. What do you think the timeline of the week he returns? Brian Robinson. I'm sorry with you, Brandon. I'm going to say, uh, Honestly, I feel like it's like Halloween is, is it would be optimistic. 
Like Jake, just somewhere the, around the end of October. Use the time stone in your advanced medical degree and tell us when <laughs> does he return, Jake? Mid-season. That sounds sounds about right. Which like the, you're, with the October. Yeah, late, late October. Yeah. Okay. There was a lot of news coming out of the final week of preseason. There's cuts. We're going to talk about a few of those. Maybe the craziest one of all of them. Um, maybe I'm too close to it. Jimmy Garoppolo restructuring his contract with the 49ers is still mind blowing, but I think it's mind blowing in a different way. I think there's a lot of people that think there is a bigger story to this when I look at this and say, well, no, there's not. They had to make it work. The 49ers had to find a way to eventually get him into a trade scenario. Cap wasn't going to work. To me, this is not a situation where it's like they're worried about Trey Lance, even though I had brought that up. I had brought up how Trey Lance, is a little bit of worry off of that last game or maybe was there. Uh, Jake, is there any actual worry or what are you taking out of Jimmy Garoppolo restructuring the contract for the 49ers? Mm, I would still draft Lance as a QB one and I would now just have some backup in the back of my mind. I'm not drafting anybody to be a contingency plan, but I would have some back of my mind contingency plans just because they are a playoff contender. They want to be in the playoffs. They see themselves as playoffs. We assume Garoppolo is gone. If Garoppolo is healthy and now one of the not just highest paid backups, it, we could sit here and go through all the backups, and we'd probably all agree he's top five backup in the NFL. Easy. Is that they start if they start one and three and one and four, especially with the fact that the first two weeks are really cake. Uh, you start the season, I come out of September with a losing record. They might yank it. They might pull the plug. And so you think there is? See, that's the big question because I don't think I did it before. A scenario. No, I didn't before. I didn't. I thought that because I assumed Garoppolo was going to get traded. Like, why are you going to hold on to him? But the restructuring this contract opened up cal- salary cap space. They didn't. They couldn't find somebody to trade. You have a backup like Garoppolo on the roster and not a Sudfield or even a Nick Mullins or whatever it is. And you were turning to Lance for the long haul. You kept Garoppolo. Garoppolo's gone to the Super Bowl. Like we, we've seen him there. Like I just now this is again, it would have to be very worst case, but you who have a losing record in September and you have one touchdown and four picks. I don't see them sticking with him. I, I think there's this helps both ways. It helps uh, the potential for them to move him. I'm guessing Jimmy Garoppolo's agent did some exploring and found out what he'd be worth in the open market if he was cut. And the 49ers probably met that number. Uh, they pay him a lot less. There's a contingency plan if, Trey Lance completely goes off the rails, but Garoppolo probably also has some, you know, some assurance that if they are able to, you know, they're maybe more easily able to trade him now and he has some control over maybe where he would go. And so um, I think it's just kind of a win-win all around. Um, and I don't think Garoppolo loses any money that he, you know, he wouldn't have lost anyways. I think he's probably getting about what he's getting on the open market. And I actually don't know what that number is. I haven't looked up what they're giving him, but how they restructured it, what it ended up. But I'm guessing it's probably about what he'd be offered on the open market to come in and, and compete for the starting job. So did neither one of you make any rank adjustment to him uh, with this fear? I mean, I think how many of these quarterbacks, how many quarterbacks in the top, you know, 12 or 15, do you look at that say, oh, wow, you know what? Like they could be gone by week five if things go awry. I don't I don't know him. if there's a single quarterback. So, I mean, <laughs> That's him. It's, uh, he's the only one. So did you, Brandon, did you make any rank adjustment? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I, you know, it still comes down to the fact that it seems like they're going to be committed to the him. I mean, there's a little less chance now that he plays 17 games. If, like we said, the worst case scenario happens. But, you know, they just. 
they took him last year, what, third pick overall? Like, they are committed to seeing how this is going to play out, kind of like with Tua. You have to give him a decent opportunity. You have to let things ride. And so I think we're going to, for the most part, see that unless it's the very worst-case scenario. For him. Jake, no move? It's like Adam is seven. He's at nine. He's behind Brady and Burrow. I had him in front of Brady and Burrow. No. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I, okay. I mean, you get this. There's no question; those guys are losing their jobs. That's like what I was looking for. That's exactly what I was looking for. I think that's an appropriate move if there is real fear. A couple of players did change teams, and there could be some maybe value there. Sony Michelle goes to the Chargers, and I don't know if there's anything any either you guys are taking out of this one, Jake. Does Sony Michelle to the Chargers do anything for you? Maybe he's a goal linebacker. I mean, obviously, Eckler. Eckler is Eckler, but the value that really sparkles from him is the immense amount of touchdowns and Michelle would literally be designed at being like a short yardage goal line type of back. I don't know if this would really vulture anything out of it, but was there any move for you, Jake, with Sonny Michelle uh, with the Chargers? Uh, only because he became the top backup for the Chargers, in my opinion. I still think Spiller is the long-term answer, but you know this is very similar to other backfields where uh, we just did 32 questions for all 32 teams in the NFL. And Matt Barrows said, if you're looking at the 49ers, Jeff Wilson is the next guy to start the season. But if you're thinking long-term, Davis Price. I think this is similar. Like right now, season starts today. Eckler gets hurt. Shell be first man up. But sprinkled in with Kelly and or Spiller. Maybe long-term eventually turns to Spiller. And maybe I'm wrong. And it's Kelly at some point. But it's Michelle as of right now. And I don't want Michelle. I'm not trying to play him at any given week, even hoping to dying for a touchdown. But if something were to happen to Eckler, I think he'd be the first one. He just showed last year, even though we can sit here and say Michelle's just kind of above average replacement level. When he was with the Rams, he was an RB too. I think he'd be the same with the Chargers. Brandon, uh, if you're at the back end of your draft and you're staring at Sony Michelle, who's now with the Chargers, or Travis Homer, who is, you know, theoretical, who knows who's healthy there uh, with Seattle, uh, would you take Travis Homer or would you take Sony Michelle? I'm not that big of a homer. Uh, I, <laughs> I was going to say I'm, the homer's a homer. <laughs> I'm not that homer. No, I'm definitely going Sonny Michelle because, yeah, as Jake mentioned, if Austin Eckler went down and Michelle's probably the first first man up and first man up in a way better offense. I mean, give me Sonny Michelle with the Chargers than Travis Homer with, with the Seahawks. Um, and plus, I mean, there's going to have to be Kenneth Walker and Rashad Penny. There, there's a there's an extra domino to fall there before Travis Homer really could become a thing. And I don't know if he'd become any more of a thing than DJ Dallas. Kenyon Drake goes to Baltimore. Brandon, is Kenyon Drake anything? I mean, we could do this. Kenyon Drake or Sony Michelle. Which one do you like? Um, I will take Kenyon Drake because I think Kenyon Drake's probably a better. 
it's probably a better running back right now than Mike Davis. I don't know. Gosh, this is like, I, <laughs> I, I gotta believe. I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take Kenyon Drake because I think there's just more potential upside there. I think if Sonny Michelle becomes a man, he's not, he's not the man. It's as Jake said, it's going to be a mix of a mix of guys with the charges might be a little Jake, bit. Yeah, go ahead. Jake, I just, Jake, I, I say, Jake has quite the smirk on his face right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. It's like, it looks like something <laughs> evil is about to come out or something insidious <laughs> with this uh, Michelle versus so, Drake. I think it's just like these, the, the packaging on Kenyon Drake, you know, you're looking at the, in the store. I like the packaging of Kenyon Drake. Doesn't mean that there's there's something better inside. I it just it's more attractive sounding to me. Oh yeah, I, I, well I'm taking Drake over Mike Davis, so I'm taking okay. the one that yeah is higher up. When especially we saw the video yesterday of J.K. Dobbins doing the drill and then limping. I mean, he walked ten mm. feet and limped like after doing that drill. So, ah, this is, I actually threw up in my mouth a little bit when I saw that <laughs> and then threw up in my mouth when I said, well, I guess I have to take Kenny Drake. So there you go. Just a lot of throwing up when it comes to the Ravens backfield. Pepto-bismol. Let's get your tummy right there, Jake. I don't like it. <laughs> Jalen Rager was traded to Minnesota. Hilariously, the backstory too of the team laughing when uh, the Eagles took Rager so they could take Justin Jefferson. Now they got both. Um, is this a big worry to KJ Osborne's value, Jake? Is Rager nope. going to be a threat? No, nope. no, nope. don't care. No, nope. no effect. He's okay, I like that because receiver. that's the that's the <laughs> counter internet um, take I saw. The internet take was, "Hey, don't take KJ Osborne." Look, they took they took Rager, and I was like, mm, "I don't know about that." Yeah, yeah. you know, that at some point, the Jalen Rager becomes the Laquan Treadwell, the Corey Coleman. You just kind of have to let go of the draft status and just say, you know what, he wasn't a great fit. He's not. He was a little bit overrated coming out of college, and I just never. I never saw it with Jalen Rager. I even thought he was overdrafted to begin with, but even I just never saw anything with the Eagles. And I know it wasn't a great passing offense, but there wasn't, sometimes you just can still see it. I just never saw it with him. Yeah. And you know, it feels like he's a guy that needs to live in the slot and Thielen can live in the slot and it just doesn't seem like it's the best mm -hmm. fit on the well, planet. Let me, let me clarify something real quick too, is like, so uh, while I'm somewhat in on KJ Osborne uh, to be more clear and less glib is the, the I've been on Irv Smith. I think the real answer here is Irv Smith as the third option, not the third wide receiver. And I think that Rager could make Osborne more frustrating as in hoping to get that value. So I could see that perspective of not draft Osborne. One surprising cut, maybe one not surprising cut. Marlon Mack was cut from Houston, opens uh -huh. up. It is uh, the year of <laughs> Damian Pierce. And Trey Sermon, who apparently, according to everybody, was having the best camp, the greatest camp of all time. No player was ever better. He's gone in favor of Jordan Mason uh, because they claimed an offensive lineman from the Browns up. So, Jake, can either one of Marlon Mack or Trey Sermon find a destination that's going to be worth of any value? Or do we just look fondly back on what they uh, what they blocked or what they were in uh, in the preseason? Well, I can look fondly on. Hey, I missed some things. Uh, admittedly, I, hey, I was high on Rager last year because I was still looking at the workload opportunity. So I've missed on things. But. If I could victory lap on the show, the hell out of some Marilyn Mack has no effect on Damian Pierce that I've been saying since the draft and everybody told me I was stupid. I would do that right now. And I'm doing that in my mind, at least avoiding the throw up in my mind. I'm, I'm stepping over it. But uh, this one I'm, I'm victory lapping for the Trey Sermon. Here's the damning thing that you heard about him yesterday. Looks like he could be a fullback. I think <sighs> this, this, this is. Yeah, exactly. Wolf. That's the response. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe Baltimore, you know, they got JK Dobbins, Thurman, you know, came in after him at Ohio state. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's the, the Marlon Mack thing. I just want to mention, you know, 
I don't think we talk enough about when are we haven't seen a great return from Achilles from a running back. We just really haven't, mm. you know, and it's like Cam Akers came back and we're Cam Akers is a guy that I just haven't drafted. I, I, you know, I understand his role and where he's at, but he didn't look good coming back last year. And we don't have a history of running backs coming back from Achilles injuries and being really anything close to what they were. So we've all kind of said like Cam Akers pre, you know, the off season and preseason, he should be all the way back. But Marlon Mack's been a couple of years off of this thing. And he just got cut by the worst team in the NFL. Um, you know, and we have James Robinson who were saying like Travis Etienne, you know, you might have to worry because James Robinson is coming in. I'm not giving any credence to that at all. <laughs> to me, it's like this is Travis Etienne year. You know, I, I, I just I'll believe it when I see it with the running back coming back from Achilles being just, you know, 95 percent of what he was, 90 percent of what he was. I don't think we've seen that yet. Damian Pierce obviously gets the uh, the big extra boost because there's just no more guys there. Rex Burkhead just sitting in the bushes, just waiting to vulture a touchdown or two that people freak out about. But it's Damian Pierce's gig. And Damian Pierce, about six weeks ago, was the ultimate value guy. It was take him in the whatever it was, you know, 10th, 9th, whatever it is, further back, and you can read through awards. Jake told you. Jake said it on there. It was going to be the next guy who was going to have a next Texan who's going to have 1,100 yards. Well, that's not so much the case now. That value has changed quite a bit, as many players have. And that is why uh, I put these two to the test to draft a team. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Team, put a team together of the all they used to have values, and then we are going to turn it to where they are going to pivot. Brandon, <laughs> let's start with you at quarterback, the value quarterback that is lost to the pivot that you're taking now. Yeah, there's there's not a lot in the quarterback. There's not a whole been a whole lot of movement. But one guy we already talked about is Trey Lance, where you could have, you know, a couple months ago or you know, sometime in June, you could have got him. 
as like around quarterback 13 on average. And now he's up to quarterback 11. I think the pivot is not one particular person. It's just like, okay, someone's, you know, going to like Jake, you know, before this thing, Jake, you know, had him at seven. That's way ahead of where everybody might take him. Someone in your draft is going to follow Jake's rankings. Maybe they take him at seven. I think the pivot is just your, you know, you go into Brady or Stafford or Prescott or whoever just falls. I always kind of just look at that group as uh, just give me one of those guys really at that point. So um, Trey Lance was a sneaky. You can have all those other guys. I'll just wait till the very bitter end in a one quarterback league and take Lance. Now you can't really do that. Jake, what quarterback had big value that's no longer there into this final week? And where do you pivot from that guy? Uh, it was it was Jalen Hurts. We this way back two months ago. Foster remembers this because Beller was like, "Oh, you don't change your projections." And I had Hurts at two, and I moved him down to three because I had Lamar Jackson in front of him. He gave me crap for that, but I had Hurts at three, and I've had Hurts at three, and he's not going three. But he's going around where three goes, the quarterback third off the board. And that's the problem is like Hertz is just completely out the window for how early he's going round wise now because everybody's in on Hertz and realizing what Lance could be this year is a top seven, eight quarterback, even if you suck at passing. And if he's any better at a passer, there you go. Somebody that could take the new number one, probably not happening, but that's why. So I was pivoting to Lance, as uh, Fustin just mentioned. Depending on your draft, he's still the pivot. Uh, and maybe, as Funston said earlier, is now this news knocks him back down into you can wait and get Lance in the eighth. And I actually just took him in the ninth round the other day. So I think in certain drafts, you can still do it. So if you miss on those two, I'm pivoting to the greatest quarterback, generational talent in the history of forever since Andrew Luck and Tom Brady. And well, now Tom Brady coming out of college wasn't one, but you get the point. It's Trevor Lawrence. Oh, my uh, God. Like Trevor Lawrence was the greatest thing in the world last year and Urban Meyer and this team destroyed him. I still think if you looked at the second half of Trevor Lawrence, you started to see some glimmer of hope. Uh, not quite Elijah Moore's second half of the season where he started to get comfortable in the NFL, but the biggest comfort thing came from his the fact he's running. He ran in college a lot. Everybody out there real quick, I'm not talking down to anybody, just in case you don't know, because I didn't even know this 10 years ago. College rushing stats take away sacks for quarterbacks. So rushing numbers for quarterbacks are actually potentially better than you see. Uh, So Lawrence, I don't think he's going to run for 700 yards, but could he run like Daniel Jones, three, four, 500 yards? Absolutely. And that also helps open up his game and makes him more comfortable. And you bring in Christian Kirk and you add more weapons and you have a capable head coach. Uh, I think that you're looking for Trevor Lawrence to potentially be the QB one, not the QB one, but a QB one. You know, it's funny you say that um, Scott Bogman, my cohort over at In This League, we were just doing a looking back at our projections from last year. And one of those he had was that Trevor, you know, bold predictions is what it was. And it was like Trevor Lawrence rushes for 700 yards because you forget that like Trevor Lawrence can really move. And the Jaguars completely stifled his ability to run. So if that opens up this year, he's because every step takes like five yards with those legs. (laughs) Exactly. 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 All right, Brandon, uh, going over to the running backs, we uh, we're creating a team. So we got two running backs here. It's like a fantasy team. And uh, why don't you give me both running backs? Give me both of your two running backs. And then we'll have Jake do both of his. These are guys that had big value. It's, pretty dicey right now where are you pivoting okay so Ramondre Stevenson you know as you start to get the idea that oh you know what this is going to be probably just a straight platoon James White's going to be out of there and stuff like that he was RB 38 back in June he's all the way up to RB 30 now and he's gained about two full rounds about 24 spots in value uh if you're looking at NFFC drafts uh I think the problem here, the pivot for me, if, if that gets too rich for your blood, is is Damian Harris's teammate. 
who I still think is going to be the number one guy. I mean, these guys kind of battled it out on the field last year, and Damian Harris kind of won. He won the goal line opportunities and won the early down opportunities. Yes, Ramondre Stevenson's probably going to win you know, the uh, receiving work opportunities, but it sounds like Damian Harris is in the mix for a little bit more than he's been in the past. So maybe these guys have even value, but the weird thing right now is in NFFC drafts is that Damian Harris is actually going three running backs behind Ramondre Stevenson at this point. So mm-hmm. I think the buzz is really you know, caught away for Stevenson to the point where I think it's being a little bit too unrealistic. I, I'd be fine with either one, but Damian Harris cheaper. Give me Damian Harris. Uh, then the other guy is Tony Pollard, who always gets helium this time of year. Um, and he's gone up not not a ton because he started out being kind of hyped, but he's gone up about a half round, uh, you know, maybe 10 spots. And to me, it's put him ahead of guys like Devin Singletary, who is the lead back for potentially the top offense in the league. He's probably going to get another 230 touches again like he had last year. He's probably going to get around eight touchdowns like he did last year. He's probably going to get over 1,000 yards like he did last year. I think those are fairly safe numbers, and he finished RB19 last year, and you're getting that RB30. You have to take Tony Pollard at RB27. I don't think Tony Pollard's numbers reaching those heights are nearly as certain, so give me Devin Singletary as the pivot to Tony Pollard if someone wants to reach on him. Man, I just can't get behind the Devin Singletary one. I keep trying to get myself there. I keep trying to build myself up, and I just can't do it. I can't do Devin Singletary all buy-in. Not that Zach Moss is anything. James Cook, I I just feel like, is going to be on the back half. And at the end of the day, Josh Allen's the best runner there. So I just can't get behind Devin Singletary Mm -hmm. ever. Jake, uh, what are you putting together for running backs? Two guys at the high cost, and where do you pivot off of them? Mm, Damian Pierce, for one, that's for sure. We've already covered that. Ding, ding. I've seen him creep into the back end of the third round, and now he's going, <laughs> yeah, he's going t- running back 15, 16, 17, depending on where he was, uh, or I guess depending on when you're drafting, who in the same vein is going right neck and neck with him as Travis Etienne. Those are the two uh, a month, month and a half ago. This show, Team ETN, but also Damian Pierce for a lot of the talk. Two potential top 20 running backs. But what I try to hammer home all the time is don't buy all the risk. As much as I sat here and made that my bold prediction, that has to happen now. He has to run for 1,100 yards and chip in another two or 300 with the low touchdown upside for Damian Pierce to be a top 15 running back. There is no potential return on value. Travis Etienne, if you're going to take him as the 14th running back off the board because you could be thinking league winner, he has to be a league winner now. You've bought all the risk if something goes haywire, if other people are involved. So I've pivoted to two for differing reasons. One is I've been on this entire time and I, I wish my draft was last week for my home league because now there's been news of Trey Sermon being cut, which brings this back around is that Elijah Mitchell is going to move back up the depth chart of, of running back ranks where he should have been all along. It's just I know I said the window was open for somebody to step through. The door was open for somebody to step through because he was missing time. And that was my fear. Nobody stepped through. And Trey Sermon was so bad, he got cut. So it's Elijah Mitchell's. And on that 32-team thing we asked, Matt Burroughs said, it's all Elijah Mitchell. The only concern is if he gets hurt. The answer right now is Jeff Wilson. The answer long-term is Davis Price because he's built more like they want him to be. But those are long-term if and when Mitchell gets hurt. And then the other is, speaking of getting hurt, it's Rashad Penny. Like, the Ken Walker thing, but I find this interesting, and Funston knows this too, is like Ken Walker's whole groin thing, and Penny didn't really move up draft boards. It's like people are still At like, all. I don't really know if I want Penny. I'm like, wait, seriously? Like, it was already probably going to be a 50-50 to start, and now you have one guy completely out of the equation. Penny was just an RB1 during the stretch. Everybody was going eight blank. 
Nuts. Everybody's crazy for him. And now nobody wants Rashad Penny. He's healthy as of today. That's all that matters. It's one of the more bigger anomalies, too, is uh, you're 100% right. I don't think I've seen Penny move up any boards. It still feels like he's in the th- it's, isn't Singletary going ahead of uh, Penny in almost every draft. Doesn't that sound about right? I got the yeah. I got the yeah. numbers up right here. So Penny's 32, Singletary's 31. This was the last two weeks. And then if you want to look at June, um, Penny was 33 and Singletary was 30. So, I mean, wild. So Penny, Penny's moved up one spot from June to the last two weeks. That's wild. Uh, wide receivers. We're going to pick two. Uh, you know the drill. Brandon, you're up on the wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, it's Gabe Davis and it's Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, you could get at like wide receiver 30 way back at the beginning of the summer. Like people just weren't kind of clued into that. They've gotten so clued in that sometimes you'll see him go in like the, you know, the top 16 wide receivers now. So if that's the case, uh, I've, you know, I've, I think maybe because I've been on so many pods with Jake, but my pivot would be Brandon Cooks. Because he's just about as consistent and, you know, bankable as you get at right at that wide receiver top 20 range. So if Allen Robinson gets reached for is a guy I would like right around the same area. I'd be happy to take Brandon Cooks because I feel like the numbers are, you know, almost knock on wood guaranteed. And Gabe Davis, you know, we just know that he's the number two in Buffalo now. And everybody's kind of caught on to that. They, they see that four touchdown game they went out with last year. And, uh, you know, a lot of the you know, a lot of the comments from the coaching staff that are really building him up. So it's kind of hard to get a deal on him now. Uh, and I'm pivoting to Terry McLaurin kind of in the same range. They're both kind of in the same range. It could be Brandon Cooks for, for this one as well. But it could also be Terry McLaurin because they're both going right around that 20 spot at wide receiver. I think Terry McLaurin's pretty pretty safe at that spot as well. The Gabe Davis uh, uptick has been something to watch this offseason in the variance of like, I think – I think people have an opportunity to get him at a better cost, probably in your more like home leagues, playing with your buddies and stuff like that. Anytime there's any more advanced stuff, if you got people that really pay attention to podcasts or you're obviously playing in like industries, a Gabe Davis goes in another world in his ADP. So he really has a big swing. Jake on the wide receivers, two up uh, and two replace. Yeah, Cortland Sutton and Brandon Ayuk. Cortland Sutton, depending on who you're drafting with, is going as wide receiver 11. Yes, wide receiver 11, where now he has to be everything that people think he can be with Russell Wilson and the one he turns to when things go haywire. And then Brandon Ayuk, a lot of excitement, but we've talked about Trey Lance's struggles. Uh, we've talked about it at the same time as one or two things has to happen. Either one of the three, that being Debo, Ayuk, or Kittle, needs to fall to the wayside to make the other two fantasy valuable where they are if Debo's going to be a one Kittle's going to be a one Ayuk has to take a hit if Ayuk's going to step forward either Debo and Kittle take a step back and all three of them kind of more balanced or one of them like Kittle takes a step say like and where Ayuk is going it's basically he's getting treated as like a lot of teams like uh not quite T Higgins but kind of like in that conversation of like ooh, a, a wide receiver two on the same team I just I'm not going to do it so I've moved on to and I have been on Juju Smith-Schuster this entire time, like Cortland Sutton, the number one, in my opinion, for that team. And the biggest QB upgrade of all time, maybe? <laughs> Going from Toast Roethlisberger to Patrick Mahomes? Like, they, 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 why are we trying to play this Hardman, Skymore, Valdez, Scantley? Like, the answer is there. If he's healthy, which he is, finally, Juju's the number one. So I'm with that one. And then Christian Kirk, you want to talk about not having to question who the number one is. No, I don't think he's going to need a 38% target share because that means Christian Kirk might have 200 targets this year. But 
Christian Kirk with 140 targets, even if he only catches 70 of them, half, you do the math and figure out that's going to be a thousand yard season with a handful of touchdowns. Plenty of Christian Kirk. I actually, somebody asked me this and said, why is everybody making apologies for Darnell Mooney, but not Christian Kirk? And my pushback was, well, that's interesting because I have Kirk one spot in front of Mooney. So there you go. Final up on the tight ends. The tight ends, uh, the high end guys go very, very high. That middle tier, everyone's kind of fighting for. So Brandon, who's the tight end that has uh, lost a little bit of that value? And where do you pivot? Um, it's, I guess, Dalton Schultz. Um, you know, sorry. My, yeah, that, that's a lot of Jake uh, pushing that one. I think you have him, have him third, right? Fourth. Fourth. Okay. Yeah. My, my plan going into a draft typically is that I don't want to pay for Andrews or Kelsey, but I will take a Kittle, Waller, or Schultz that comes yeah. to me. And it's like, as soon as the first of that three goes, I'm kind of ready to pick that next guy. If somehow I'm far enough away that those other two go, um, and it's typically Schultz is the sixth one on, you know, and I really want that to be the guy that falls to me. But if he doesn't, TJ Hawkinson, in my mind, is in a tier by himself just after that group, because I think he's the only other tight end out there that might get 100 plus targets. I think you could see a difference of about 20 targets between him and Dallas Goddard. Um, you know, you worry about Zachert staying healthy all year as well. But like to me, it's like, OK, if I don't get one of those top six, I really want TJ Hawkinson at number seven or else I'm just waiting for the guys that Jake's about to talk about. And Jake, you get to end us out here with the final t- final player and the final tight end. Yeah, we're all over some Cole Komet because he'd be the second option in that offense and a lot of targets, a lot of volume, probably not a lot of touchdowns, but everybody's treating him as such and drafting him really high uh, lately. So I'm going to somebody that I wrote up as, I think he was either in last year's trash. It was one of the myriad of articles I had about David Njoku that Jacoby Brissett peppers the living hell out of his tight ends. Why? Because he can't throw it downfield, which is part of the reason I've been on Cooper, too, is because I just a ton of targets. But if we want the David Njoku breakout to finally happen, and you're talking about another guy who could see that could be a Hawkinson. It could be 100 targets. And if David Njoku gets at 100 targets, this might finally be a top six, seven season for Njoku that we've been waiting for forever. And then if you miss out on him, too, I'll give you a bonus one. Brevin Jordan, potentially the number two for his team. I love some Brevin Jordan as the deep flyer. Boy, does Jake love some Brevin Jordan. I think every podcast I've done, when you came on ITL, you came on in this league, you dropped a Brevin Jordan out there. Uh, And friends, that is going to do it for the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast today. Coming back next week, I believe it's going to be Tuesday because Labor Day on Monday. I think that's going to be the confirmation. And then we will be preparing for the first game of the NFL season, which should be mighty, mighty fun. You can find them on Twitter, Brandon Funston, just like that on Twitter. All in, kid for Jake Seeley. You can find me at Is It The Welsh. And that's all that we got for you right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Until next time, bye, friends.